Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. A couple of things. Uh, well, one thing I want to mention, birthdays. Sharon, Ryan, happy birthday. In case you're not there Sunday, I want to just give you a shout out for happy birthday. And last time we talked about how we can't lose in our own personal life. And in the USA Today, I want to encourage you to listen to that or watch it if you didn't have that because this is the next step. But it, we can't lose. We can't lose. But the only way that we can see this, because God is working His purpose, His plan, we just got to figure out what He's doing. The only way we can see this, that we see that we can't lose, we see that God is winning, that He's fulfilling His purpose even when it looks like we could be losing, in the world's eyes, but not in His eyes. He's got a whole plan. We've talked about that. And But the only way we can see this and connect the dots to this very important truth is if we see with the eyes of faith. We have to be able to see with the eyes of faith. Very, very important. And a good illustration, the best way I can kind of give, give a picture of this, is I was supposed to get my cataract surgery, but it had, it had to be canceled. I had a little bit of an infection, so they couldn't give me the surgery because of risks and all that. But uh, So I'm going to try again soon. But the whole idea of a cataract surgery is right now my I have pretty... Uh, cloudy vision, especially if there's any kind of glare or light sun, even light, it, it can really glare and be very hard to see. But once I get this surgery, I told you I was going to tell you about what it's like to have the surgery, but once I get this surgery, I've been told that you can see really well. All of a sudden you can see there's no more cloud and you can see colors and you can see a lot better farther away and, and vision is clear. You can see things that you couldn't see before. A lot of times I'm driving in the car and I'll say to the kids, watch for deer. If you see a deer, tell me because I'll be right on top of them and out in the middle of the road before I see them. And uh, I know you're not going to want to ride with me. But anyway, the kids are really good at see, catching the deer. And um, what... What the lens that they put in in the eye and deal, they clear the cataracts, I guess, and put the lens in the eye, you can see really well. That is really a picture of faith. Once we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can see things we never could see before. And once we learn to see with the eyes of faith, look at everything with the eyes of faith, we can see God working everywhere, His hand in everything. And even when we can't quite figure out what he's doing, we can still trust him because of these eyes of faith. And that's a picture of uh, every one of us. We need to put our faith in Jesus Christ and then we have to live by that faith and see with the eyes of faith to see what he is doing constantly. And if we can see that, we don't, we can't lose. We can't lose. And after we have put our faith in Jesus Christ and we learn to see with eyes of faith, the next step is to share our faith. To share our faith. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The title for today is, Are You a Super Spreader? You know where this is going. Are you a super spreader? 2 Kings 7, 8 to 16. And uh, you can kind of figure out where I'm going. Coronavirus is making a big comeback. The It looks like there's a possible shutdown looming again. And new regulations are all over the place. Uh, we're, they're afraid it's going to spread. And, and it, there's so much danger of it spreading. Unless you're a politician or a protester, there's no danger then. But we won't go there. Uh, <coughs> uh, but apparently churches are the main risk. That's why they've really squeezed churches all over the country. We're the main risk. John MacArthur, super spreading church. Turned out it was three people. And they were all hired as security guards. There were only three with it. Unbelievable lies being told. We all know where this is going. We've read the book of Revelation. We know... If you haven't been listening to my online 
end times prophecy series. Want to encourage you to do that. But Christians, apparently churches are the main risk, but, but Christians are the ones who really spread the disease. But prophetically, th- that is true. This is actually a prophetic picture, what we're experiencing, because we are called to be super spreaders, but not COVID. We're called to be spiritual super spreaders. With coronavirus, one of the theories, they suspect that some people are super spreaders. They might not even have symptoms, but they're shedding the virus to everybody they have in contact with. That's one of the predominant theories. All right, But we'll see today that we are called to be spiritual super spreaders. We're, that's what we're called to be, super spiritual spreaders. We're called to spread the truth of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that your spirit would speak to us and convict us and move in our hearts. I pray that we would be, we would learn a lesson from these four lepers, that we would ignite a passion in us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's, uh, let's read it. Second Kings 7, we'll start with verse 8. <clears throat> the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, <coughs> excuse me, reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver and gold and clothes uh, and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. So that's a key verse, uh, which I want you to take note of. Then verse 10, So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, We went into the Aramean camp and not a man was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys and the tents left, just as they were. The gatekeeper shouted the news, and it was repeated within the palace. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they have left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out, and then we will take them alive and get into the city. One of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their plight will be like that of all the Israelites left here. Yes, they will... Only be like those Israelites who are doomed. So let us send them out to find what happened. So they selected two chariots with their horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. So they followed them as far as the Jordan, and they found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a sea of flour was sold for a shekel, and two sea of barley sold for a shekel, as the Lord had said. So, woo, we're going to have some fun with this one today. Verse 9 was the key verse. We're going to kind of make the anchor to the passage. Then they said to each other, We are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. To the royal palace. This is a type. This is a type. A spiritual picture of our good news. They had good news. We have good news to share. We have been delivered from a siege. Those who are Christians who have put their faith in Jesus Christ have been delivered from from a siege of sin and eternal death and the stranglehold of Satan. We have been delivered from these things. We 
have a witnessing lesson today from a very unlikely source, these lepers, <laughs> these walking dead, the rotting lepers. But really, it's a picture of every one of us, right? We are all spiritual lepers. We are all, this, we, this is a picture of what we were before we were saved, before we went, surrendered to God and were saved. And look what they do. They share their good news. The enemy is defeated. We are set free. They share that, which is exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us if we're a Christian, what he's done for us. But even more than that, he's also healed our disease. He's healed our leprosy. He's washed our sin away. Leprosy, picture of sin. You know that from all that we've done. He's healed us. That's what Jesus has done. And lepers here are the first to experience God's amazing grace. And now they have to share it. And I'm going to bring in an example from the coronavirus cure all the way through. I'm going to kind of, because that's a picture we can all relate to. I'm going to be bringing this in as a, a parallel illustration as we go. So you'll see what, what, what I'm talking about. Let's look at who the four lepers talk to first. Let's look at who they share the good news with and the responses of each person. And we will get from that some very important lessons on evangelism, some important lessons on witness, witnessing. Follow me here. First of all, in verse 12, they, the king gets the good news. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I, uh, he gets the good news, he finds out via the lepers that, that the enemy is gone and that they're free. But look what the king says in verse 12. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they have left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out, and then we will take them alive and get into the city. The king, what did he do? He rejected the good news. He rejected the good news. He already had heard Elisha's promise, his prophetic promise, that God was going to do this very thing. But like we saw, he was a fake follower. Remember the, the fake revival? Now we talked about that. The king was spiritually blind. Blind. His heart was hardened. He had shrouded himself with, with, uh, with scoffers. And he listened to these scoffers, his, the, his key guy there, which we're going to talk about next week even more. He had surrounded himself with all these scoffers. So he rejected the good news. Just like so many people today do that very thing. They reject the great news of Jesus Christ. No matter what God says, no matter what God does, no matter how he tries to reach us, they reject the gospel. They reject the gospel. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us why people reject the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this, The God of this age, that's Satan, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Satan has blinded their minds, blinded the king's minds, blinded people that you see all around us that are believing delusional things, reject Jesus, and yet believe crazy things. They've been blinded by Satan. There's no other explanation for why they can believe the things they do and, and think the things they do and think it's okay to do horrific things, which we've talked about over and over again. They are blinded by Satan. And this king is a picture of that very person. Now, back to our coronavirus 
analogy. Let's, I'm going to use this analogy. Let's say we have found a vaccine, a cure for the coronavirus, which we may already have. We may have that and we're very hopeful. But let's say for the sake of the illustration, we definitely have it and it's safe. And even people who don't like vaccines, it's super safe that even they could take it if they wanted to. Let's just wipe all that stuff away and say it's safe and effective. But many, like the king, many, like the king, are going to say what? No way. I'm not taking it. They won't take it. They'll say, I'm not taking it. And then when the president says, okay, we won't give it to you, then they're going to sue. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, we have a king of New York, New York who, who's you know, just like this king here, don't we? All right, so uh, we won't take it, but then you don't give it to us, then we're going to sue you. Uh, so why, why would people not take it? Well, aside from ethical decisions on uh, vaccines, uh, erasing that segment, why would everybody else not take it? It's because they've been brainwashed. They've been brainwashed. They've been brainwashed uh, by, well, let's just imagine that the media has has lied for an agenda and freaked people out and scared them. And I know this is hard to imagine, but try to picture this. Uh, so they won't take it because of the scoffers. The scoffers, the scoffing media says don't take it. Now, I, I'm, once again, I'm not trying to argue for or against it. I'm simply using this as an illustration, but it's easy to, 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 to make the parallels right here. All right, so we'll come back to this coronavirus parallel in a little bit, but you see the picture of the king and the people who won't take the cure. We won't take the cure of Jesus Christ. This is what this king is doing. He's rejecting the good news, all right, because he's listened to the scoffers. He's been blinded to the truth, same as many people in our uh, pretend example of the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, they, they won't. They won't take it because they listen to scoffers in the media and they've been scared off from taking it and as a result they won't take the cure okay once again uh well anyway we'll get back to that in a little bit let's look at another response to the good news verse third back to second kings 7 verse 13 another response is the servant well, look at what the servant does the king says, ah, I don't, I'm not taking, we're not going to go out. No, 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 I'm falling for that. They won't believe the good news. But in verse 13, it says, One of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. They haven't eaten them yet. Five horses left. <laughs> Anywho, their plight will be like that of all the Israelites left here. Yes, they will only be like all of these Israelites who are doomed. So let us send them out to find what happened. So they selected two chariots and their horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan, and they found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king. The, the king's officer or servant says, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Not everybody's just going to reject the gospel. The king rejected it, and we know from the rest of the Bible, he never did accept the good news of, of God. He never put his faith in God. But not everyone will reject the gospel. Many will check it out. This, this officer is a good example. Many will investigate it. They will check it out, and they will check us out. They're going to check the word. They're going to see if it's true. They're going to look at our lives, right? And the servant found out 
that the leper's report was true and he responded to that truth. Listen, don't be discouraged. If you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, don't be discouraged by some pushback initially. That doesn't mean that they won't respond. That doesn't mean it. They, many people just need time to see if it's for real. They need time. They need to see if it's, if it's for real. And they need, and our lives are the main proof they need to see. They need to see if it's real. If we, and that's the thing, if we slip back into our old sinful lives and, and our old ruts, guess what people are going to think? Ah, he talked all about it, but I guess it really wasn't for real because it, it didn't, he didn't, it didn't last. It was just a, it was, it wasn't real. It was imaginary. It didn't really work for that person. That's why it's important, so important that they see that our lives are the main proof and we're, we persevere and we persist. It, it, our lives are key. There's a saying, always share the gospel and if necessary, use words. <laughs> That's so true. So, so true. Uh, we... I. Are, are, we have to be persistent and keep sharing and let people process and work through. Very, very important. I talked to a, a great Christian brother this week and he was telling me the story of how he became a Christian and he said he was led to faith by his barber. It took him 10 years. That's a lot of haircuts. A lot of haircuts. 10 years of haircuts before he finally, this my new friend, finally responded to the gospel. Now let's go to the coronavirus vaccine analogy again. What will many wait to see? This vaccine is really coming out now. What are a lot of somebody said, are you going to get the vaccine? I go, I'm going to wait and see what happens. If people turn into zombies, <laughs> coughing up blood and biting people, I'm not taking it. I'm going to wait and see, right? Going to wait and see. If, it, if We want to wait and see if it works on the people who are sharing the cure. Medical people are going to be taking the shot first. So we're going to get to see up close. Are they okay? You know, uh, we're going to wait and see. We, what do we want to see? If it's for real. We'll, and if they see, if people, if we take this vaccine and people see we're protected and we're healthy and we're okay and we're not, you know, zombies, uh, if they see that, they'll want what we have. They're going to want what we have. They're going to want the new life that we have because now we aren't on lockdown. We're not living in fear. We're not hiding behind a mask. We're not, you know, we, we, we aren't freaked out because we have the cure. And that's what people are going to want to see. And they're going to want that same thing. You know, they're, everybody's going to want to live free, right? They're going to want that. Uh, so coming back to that in a little bit. So here's, so the second one is the servant. Let's check it out. The third thing is verse 16, the third Third response, then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a sea of flour was sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley sold for a shekel. As the Lord had said, the people responded. They plundered the camp. We we know there was actually a stampede, which we'll see next week. Wait till you see the stampede. Uh, There was a stampede to get to to God's grace. They were desperate. They responded to the message. And I'm hoping we may just... We may just still see this happen in the USA today. We don't know what God's got up his sleeve. We don't know what his plan is, but God may be preparing us for a revival. He may be preparing our country for a spiritual awakening. People are starving. They're starving spiritually. And we know that the only thing that can feed them is God's word. God and his word. People are desperate. They're desperate after seeing all that's going on with the coronavirus and all that it spawned and, and the riots and the death 
and the fear. There's so much, there's so much desperation. People are starving. Once again, coronavirus cure. Once people find out it really works, and if it does, I'm just using this as an illustration. I'm not trying to get in the middle of all the, all the stuff with it. But let's say it, it, it does work and people are really cured of, of, of getting it or having it. Once they find out it really works, what are people going to do? They're going to flock to it. You know, millions are going to flock to take it. And and my hope and prayer is that when people, my hope and prayer is that many will flock to the gospel because people are just as desperate. They're, I hope they are going to mob the gospel, flock to the gospel as we modern day lepers share the cure, as we share Jesus Christ. As we share that, are our eyes open? Are your eyes open? Are our eyes open to just how desperate people are all around us? Even before the coronavirus came, they were just as desperate, but even more desperate. I was, are we, are we seeing how desperate people are? How they're being prepared, really, for the gospel? Really prepared. I was watching a talk. I was at the doctor's the other day and I saw a talk show host on TV and she was tearing up and she was tearing up and she said, I just hope that when I face death, because one of her friends had died of coronavirus, I hope I can do it with dignity and, and some kind of peace. I just hope I can have dignity and some kind of peace. And she was crying. And, and, and the translation was, I, I heard her very clearly. I have no hope. I have no hope. I'm terrified. Coronavirus is freaking me out. I'm paralyzed by it. That's what she was saying. <clears throat> but we have the cure. Not for coronavirus. We have the cure for the real disease of sin and death and hell and judgment and Satan. We have the real, we have the cure. The only hope in life and death we have that hope in Jesus Christ. Will we share it with our fellow lepers? Were they lepers? We were lepers. We were. We just a short time ago were walking dead too, right? Will we share it with our fellow lepers? All we have to do is share our story. That's all we have to do. How we put our faith in Jesus Christ and the difference that it has made in our life. And they need to see that in our life. They need to see that we have that peace and joy. No matter what we're facing, we face not just coronavirus, there's trials all the time, all kinds of trials and struggles. Do they see that peace and joy? Do they see the hope of Jesus Christ in our life? We just have to share our story. People can argue with anything. You want to have a theological argument, get out your Bible or talk theology or Bible, you're going to argue all day. People can argue about anything and everything, but the one thing they cannot argue with us about is our personal story. They can say, that's not true. Well, how, they won't say it. They can, if it's true, they can see it's true. No, people cannot argue with our personal story. And when it's Jesus Christ that is driving that story, they can't argue with that either. They can't argue. Do we, do we, are we sharing our story? Do we know how to share the gospel clearly? Once that, the door opens, do we know how to share it clearly? I know in our church we're having those salt, uh, salt book study right now about evangelism. If you haven't signed up for that, get signed up with Van, uh, Paul and Joy. Uh, but you know, do get a good track and and study and learn how to. It's very basic how to share the good news of of, of putting our faith in Jesus Christ, repenting of sin believing in Jesus, giving our life to Him, walk it through John 3.16, keep a track in your pocket at all times, or in your wallet, in your car, keep it on your phone. You can forward it to people, just, you know, just like we send messages, you can send that, the gospel message on the phone. <coughs> keep that there. 
throw, constantly be throwing out hooks, little things that will kind of hook, draw, get people's curiosity or get their attention or open the door to some conversation. Invite people. Invite them to church. And if they're afraid to come to church, send them the sermon videos. There's a lot, you know, look for one that you think would fit your particular friend. Pray about it. Send them that sermon video. Invite people. You'd be shocked. Bible studies and Zoom Bible studies and invite people. Many people are just looking for an excuse. I remember when I was a teenager, the church we were attending, they made a contest. They said, whoever brings the most people on uh, uh, Friendship Sunday, it was going to be a special evangelistic Sunday, whoever brings the most people to this Friendship Sunday, you're going to get a camera. So whoever brings the most people, I'm going to get a, Here's a free camera. You're going to get it as a prize. And I'll never forget, my dad was determined to win that camera. And he invited all of his friends. And you know what he did? He offered them a dollar to come. He said, if you come to church... Next Sunday, I will give you a dollar. And, and he started giving out dollars. You know, you said you're coming. Here's your dollar. And, and all these people showed up. My dad won that camera easy. All of his friends showed up to, to get, to earn that dollar. And so my dad could win the camera. You know what? My dad never did use that camera. I think he donated it back to the church. He didn't need a camera. He just needed an excuse. And those friends of his, they didn't need a dollar. You think they needed the dollar? That was nothing to them. You know, they didn't need, they just needed an excuse. And they were, they wanted to come and check it out. They just needed an excuse. Many people, we think, oh, they'll never come. They'll come for a dollar. They'll come for a camera. They'll, listen, people just need an excuse. Invite them. Keep inviting them. Keep inviting them. Even if it takes 10 years of haircuts, keep inviting them. Look for God's opportunities. God gives opportunities. Pray for open doors. Look for those open doors. Not, and, 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 and take advantage of them. Listen, we need to be witnessing. Not everybody is called to the street evangelism like, you know, Chuck and uh, Harrison and my son Josh going with him. Not everyone is called to hit the streets on a regular basis, although it's a really good idea to ride along. I had a, a, a brother who used to, my brother Bill used to ride along with a the police, local friend of who was a policeman of his, he used to like to ride around in the cop car and, and do, see everything that happened. He liked to ride along. He wasn't called to be a policeman, but he loved to ride along. And a lot, that, would, it, that would help a lot of us to ride along, go along with Chuck and Josh and, and see what they do and, and go along with them but we're not all called to do exactly what they're doing but we're all called to share our faith every one of us is called to share our faith remember the world is starving the world is desperate and we have the keys to life (coughs) verse 9 again i'm going to read it again what the four lepers say this is for us the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. Oh, I'm good. that was verse 8. Verse 9. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. Are you? If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. We have the good news. It, we, we, we have the keys to life. We, we have the cure 
for spiritual coronavirus. And all that that entails, we have the cure. We forget what life was like before we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We forget what it was like before Jesus filled that God hole in our soul. We forget the emptiness and the dread that we're desperately trying to fill. And there's, there's, there's only one thing worse. I say to people all the time, there's only one thing worse than facing coronavirus and the riots and the U.S. breakdown, and or cancer, or addictive sins. There's only one thing worse than facing those things, and that is facing them without Jesus Christ. It's the only thing worse is facing. Imagine without Jesus facing these things. Imagine the fear of death, of of everything. I remember Charlie Brown when he went to get his counseling from Lucy, and he put in his nickel, and she's trying to discern what he was afraid of, and finally she said, do you have pantophobia? Do you have pantophobia? That's the fear of everything. That's it! That's what we have before we come to Jesus Christ. So many are afraid of everything. Fear of tomorrow. Fear of eternity. Facing this, facing eternity. Imagine facing today, tomorrow, and eternity without faith without a relationship with Jesus, without the Holy Spirit's power, without the promises in God's Word, without without uh, not knowing God's mercy and grace on a daily basis, living in the, with shame and pain continually. No wonder. Nothing, no wonder they get involved in self-destructive habits. Nothing to soothe, soothe that pain except self-destructive habits, drugs and alcohol and addictions and food and sex and porn and, and, and TV and the phone. Imagine just trying to fill, soothe that pain, fill that hole with, with not having Jesus. Jesus Christ. Christians, we have the cure. We have the supernatural vaccine. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. We know we can take it. We know it works. There is no side effects. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cured our leprosy. We have that. Do we love people enough to share that with them? Do we, do we love them enough to look past the re- possible rejection or possibly getting mad at us? All right? Uh, or maybe even going to be attacked. This is a reality in the USA. If you want to share your faith, you could be attacked. Right? But that, but are we, that didn't stop Elisha. He still shared. It didn't stop Jesus. It didn't stop the apostles. It didn't stop the disciples. It didn't stop the New Testament church. Look, read the book of Acts. It didn't stop them. Are we, we, are we willing to, do we love people enough to risk that and to take that? Are we willing to look past what the pain they're causing us, what they're saying to us, and look and to see their pain? Are we willing to look past that? Great example of that. I was reading uh, Dr. Jeremiah's Turning Point. I love his devotional. I read it every day. But doc, Dr. Jeremiah told the story in the, this week. He says a guy in Korea, his name was uh, Jay Kang M. I hope I'm not butchering that. Ducked into a barber shop in South Korea. During the haircut, his stylist, Soon Ah, started talking about her troubles in life, especially the pain of growing up in an alcoholic and abusive home. He, M, wanted to share the gospel with her, but he wasn't sure to go about it. He was trying to figure out how he's going to do that. Suddenly, he felt a sharp pain in his ear. The stylist had sliced into it and the blood flowed in streams. The staff wanted to call paramedics, but M assured them he'd be fine. He told the stylist the pain with his ear was nothing compared to what she experienced in her life, and she began to weep. He left intended to his ear, but that evening he returned just before the shop closed. He found her and shared his testimony. He told her about Jesus. 
and the woman was wonderfully saved. I thank God for using my ear to save one soul, he said. That's us. That's us. Can we look past the pain somebody's causing us? Even what they're saying, causing pain to our ears, something they're saying or doing to us. Can we look past that pain and see their pain and share the, the, the love of Jesus Christ with them? Can we do that? Maybe you are the one in pain today. Maybe you're still a leper without hope, without Jesus Christ. Are you ready to take the cure, the, the, the spiritual vaccine, the, the sure cure of the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ to give your life to Him? He gave His life for us. He died in our place. He died on a cross to take our sin upon Himself. The Son of God died on a cross, took our sin upon Himself. All He calls us to do is repent of our sin and put our faith in Him for forgiveness. Giving our life to Him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. As we go this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you are listening or watching this and you realize that you are still a spiritual leper. You are lost. You are desperate. Your life is empty. You have shame and pain. Satan has you by the throat. He has blinded you. But God has begun to open your eyes today. You can, the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart today. He is convicting you and, and showing you the way to freedom through Jesus Christ. You can be free right now. You can respond to the good news right now. You can be like those people who rush out of the city right into the arms of Jesus right now. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus right now. The prayer of faith. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my old life, the garbage. I leave it behind. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. His death for my sin. His resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are no longer a leper. You are no longer the walking dead. You are no longer caught by Satan's stranglehold. You are no longer under judgment. You no longer have to fear anything in this life or in eternal life. Because Jesus has washed you clean by His blood. He has cured you spiritually. He has made you a child of His Father. And your life will never be the same. And if you have taken that step of faith, I want to encourage you to let somebody know 
a family member or a friend or tell me or email me nhcc at comcast.net. Tell a Christian friend. Maybe it's your barber. Maybe it's someone at work. Tell them. So we can be excited for you and help you grow. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How is He convicting us? Maybe we have been hiding the good news. Maybe we've been afraid to share it. Afraid of how people are going to respond. But today we're like, God, please open the door. Open the door for me. Show me who to witness to. Who is one person God has laid on your heart to to share the good news, to share the difference Jesus has made in your life, to share the gospel clearly. Even if you have something on on your on your phone, a little the gospel clearly laid out. It's every there are all kinds of great illustrations online. Send it to people. See, I've been praying for you, and I hope you find this. Invite them. Invite them. You'll be shocked. Invite them. Give them a dollar. What? Who has God put on your heart right now? Will you say, God, I will take a step of faith. I will invite, I will pray, I will look for every opportunity to share Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we, our church and every Christian, we would share the great news of Jesus Christ, especially in these desperate times. We would share Jesus Christ. We would live out Jesus Christ. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. I hope everybody, uh, if anybody needs to contact me, nhcc at comcast.net. Also, I will see you next week after Thanksgiving. Hope you have a blessed Thanksgiving and we'll, we'll be back at the end of this story here next week. Okay? God bless.